What's up, interpreters? I'm Larry Beck, and I'm here with Paul Caputo and Son Stott, and I'm happy to be here, and we're going to talk about what's up. What is up, interpreters? I'm NAI Executive Director Paul Caputo. With me, as always, is... Me! I'm Song. I am the NAI uh, Events Conferences Extraordinaire. So this is this is pretty typical Larry Beck right here, this moment right here, where we said, Larry, introduce yourself. And he, of course, defers and says, I'm here with Paul and Song. Larry <laughs> is a... A, a, a superstar in the world of interpretation, author of many, many books, and just widely respected, widely known, recently retired from San Diego State University. Go Aztecs? Go Aztecs. Aztecs. Right. Okay, very good. <laughs> yeah. Song, I, I had the the privilege of attending Larry's retirement party in San Diego. That was, what a beautiful day that was. And the amount of talk about Aztec basketball that was happening when I was there was uh, was something I had never experienced before. So that was uh, that was a pretty great great moment for me. So many people just with with glowing remarks about Larry. I got to to bask in the, in the glory of Larry's forty three years at San Diego State University. So Larry, I, I think we just want to start with that. If if you would, your contributions to the field over all these years have been remarkable and and interpreters everywhere read your work as they're coming up through the field i think we have to we have to start with that right like your your impact on the field has been significant was that something when you started your writing was that something you set out to do or did that just happen organically well, um, what I actually want to talk about is more Aztec basketball. Is, is we <laughs> made it to the national championship <laughs> game this year. And uh, it, so, yeah, the, the San Diego State University and all of San Diego was pretty excited about that. <laughs> and we've had a good team over the last 20 years. Steve Fisher, who won a national championship, was at the helm. Uh, and then Brian Dutcher, his, his lieutenant, uh, has taken over in the last five or six years. <laughs> but as to the writing, yeah, I, I think that oh, it was part of my job, actually, is, is how I fell into it. And uh, once I went to graduate school at University of Minnesota, I got my PhD and then uh, landed at San Diego State University. Pretty much, uh, we're a research university. So to get by, you publish or perish. And so I, I realized very early on that I didn't want to perish. Uh, part of the story, though, is very early on in my career, the president of the university uh, cut about 10 departments. And there was a budget crisis in the state of California. This was in the early 1990s. And uh, we were the number one department, uh, according to faculty scholarship in the nation. And he cut us. Uh, as 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 well as these other de departments in the midst of the the budget cuts. Well, I wound up for a semester going to Kansas State University, and the uh, the department at San Diego State was ultimately uh, reinstated. So I, I talk about my time at Kansas State as sort of a sabbatical, uh, but it was a bit more traumatic than that. But that's where I met Ted Cable. And uh, this was in 1993, and we started writing a textbook together with Doug, Doug Knudsen, and then uh, followed that with Interpretation for the 21st Century. Uh, the, the textbook came out in 1995, Interpretation for the 21st Century, 1998, and then with various editions of these books, Ted and I have uh, been on seven book projects together 
uh, over, well, all of these years. So there was this tremendous serendipity of uh, something bad happened and we were able to turn it into something good. And that is, I met Ted and we've done a lot of writing together. Well, and I know Song wants to ask you about Costa Rica because we had the pleasure of traveling with you in Costa Rica on the NAI study tour. But before we do that, I, you, you mentioned some of your book titles and I was remiss in not you know, starting off with this, but you, you mentioned Interpretation for the 21st Century. That obviously has been uh, a landmark book in the field, The Gifts of Interpretation and Moving Beyond Treeline. One that NAI published, uh, Interpretive Perspectives, again, with Ted Cable. Many of these are with, with Ted Cable. And, and of course, I have had the pleasure of working with you all of these many years because you have contributed uh, a, a series to Legacy Magazine called Justice for All, which addresses issues of social justice in uh, the world of interpretation and at interpretive sites. So you, uh, you and I had, had the opportunity to work on that for many years before I handed over the editorship of Legacy Magazine to Lucian Meadows. So, you know, so much of this writing has been so uh, instrumental for, for the field. And I know you don't want to talk about it, so I'm going to let Song talk to you about Costa Rica now. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, well, Paul, you went to the retirement party, but I got to go to Costa Rica with Larry. <laughs> Wait a minute. Darn it. You were there, too. I did get to go to, to Costa Rica with Larry back, too. Yeah, but that, that was a great great um, international conference. I think one, because everybody was so excited, we were able to travel again post-COVID. And, um, but yeah, Larry, I mean, you've been to a lot of NAI conferences, both uh, uh, national conference and international. Uh, you know, tell, tell us a little bit about your experience and why it's important to attend events and conferences. Well, it, it was a great experience and Song did a great job putting the whole thing together. Uh, I've told friends about the Costa Rica trip and some of them who have been to Costa Rica and it's it's almost as if they're envious of, of my experience and and I mentioned to them that well NAI is not only a national uh, association but has 30 different countries that are also uh, part of the organization so international really in scope and that that NAI has contacts uh, because of all these people and a song was able to put together, I, I think one of the highlights for me was uh, Dr. Camacho, who uh, is the director of academic programs at uh, Monteverde Cloud Forest, the biological preserve. So that was a highlight. The places we stayed, uh, those were highlights. The people that, that I was with, uh, Vicki, my, my girlfriend for the last 10 years, uh, she goes to the conferences with me. She's been to New Orleans and Palm Springs uh, most recently. And uh, of course, France, the International Conference in France in 2018. So uh, all that was great being with Vicky and then being with you guys. And then Parker was there. So it was great to meet the new president and, and spend some time with her. She's great. Uh, and then uh, everyone else, all of the participants, just such a joy, including Song's mom, who I just think is a riot. <laughs> uh, she is really, really funny and just fun to talk to and, and such a good sport. Suzanne was great, honestly. Larry, you mentioned um, you mentioned France. You and Ted gave the keynote in France. Obviously, the 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 notion of 
interpretation on the international stage, creating a global network is important to you. You've participated not just at the national level, but at the international level, including giving the keynote in France. What do you think is the value of growing the field internationally, or at least creating a network internationally? Sure, I, I think that's real important. And uh, I, I think there are ongoing efforts in, in that direction. I think the more we see of that, the the, the better. Um, we're all interconnected. Uh, I, I know that Sam Ham has got books that have been translated into other languages. Ted and I have books that have been translated into other languages. And so it, it's real important to um, share that information, the research, the the philosophy, the things that are going on. And, uh, you know, the more the merrier. So, yeah, no, I'm fully supportive of that. That said, I, I must say that this notion of an unconference was brilliant. Uh, whoever came up with that should probably get an award. And then going back to Costa Rica, that was the first unconference. And what fun that was not to really be stuck in a conference room listening to other people talk about stuff, but to hear the actual experts in the field going over these things and uh, again, that just was such an important part of this, this last experience. This is an audio medium, but let the record show that I'm nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Larry, um, the first time I saw your name come across stuff, of course, it was um, you and your amazing writing um, in Legacy Magazine. And uh, you're doing a series, Justice for All, in Legacy. Tell us, like, why did you start writing that series? That's a really good question. Thanks. It, um, it, it goes back now to 2018. And um, there was a certain uh, person who was president of the country at the time uh, who was doing some things that were disconcerting to many people, demoralizing. And uh, that, that trend is actually continued. But concurrently, there were interpretive sites that were telling the nation's story in a new way, in a different way that was including traditionally marginalized communities. And so I started going to these places. And uh, that included, for example, Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village, uh, New York City. And that the, the basically many consider the start of the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, movement, the, the queer community. And then uh, Vicki and I went to Alabama and Georgia. And it was sort of uh, looking at the civil rights movement, uh, primarily from the churches there. Uh, and we, we got to talk to, uh, for example, a good friend of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, a reverend himself who grew up with him uh, in, uh, in the Atlanta area of Georgia. And, and so, and, and then this goes on and on. The, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the latest article that I submitted to Legacy is the 26th in that series. And so there's no lack of material here. And interpreters are on the forefront of, I think, telling a full and honest story of the nation's history. And that would include everybody. So something that I'm is interested in is anything that I've ever done is this Justice for All series. And that began with a conversation with Paul. And I said, I'd like to go to some of these places, uh, Stonewall Inn, uh, for example, um, Women's Equality Museum in Washington, DC, and uh, 
Bears Ears. It began with Bears Ears, which uh, I, I worked there before it became Bears Ears uh, in Utah and uh, indigenous perspectives. And 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 so uh, all of this has is, is come together as a result of my offering to Paul the four articles. And I, I thought that it would end there. And, and then I just kept going. Again, there's no, no lack of material. So that's my passion right now in, in the writing. And I, I've told Paul, I'm gonna take a break at some point, but, um, and I don't know exactly when that'll be. Uh, Vicky's pretty excited that it'd be sooner than later. <laughs> but, uh, now that we're both retired. But yeah, that began with Paul. And then now I'm working with Lucian and uh, he is professional and uh, he seems like a great person. Uh, very friendly. And uh, so Paul has turned over the reins, uh, but I feel like I'm in good hands. And but that's quite a run that we had, Paul. That that was a, <laughs> a lot of a lot of articles. It, it resulted in now part 26 of your four part series. So uh, so so far, <laughs> yeah. so good. And the uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy had uh, it was originally a trilogy. And I remember when the fifth book came out, it said on on the cover, it said part five of the increasingly inaccurately named trilogy. <laughs> so that's how I think of your, your series there, Larry. Yeah. We mentioned your retirement party. It was a beautiful sunny day in San Diego because that's what days in San Diego are like. Uh, it was at Stone Brewing, which is a, a spot that I really enjoyed quite a bit. That was uh, that was a great spot for a retirement party. It was right beside the airport. So uh, every, you know, every two minutes and 45 seconds, we got to pause and, and look up. And I remember asking if my three minutes and 37 seconds that I got to speak at your event was, was if that included the time that the airplanes were flying over. That thankfully, I got a, a you know, a reprieve for the, uh, the 10 second delays every time an airplane flew over. But I bring that up just because it was, uh, you know, a 43 year career. You've seen a lot of changes. You're, you know, I, I think with this legacy series, you're really on the forefront of thinking about the, the power, the potential, the responsibility of interpretation and interpreters. And so I'm curious to know, you know, having seen the field change and progress and grow, hopefully over 43 years, what do you, you know, as, as you leave the, the profession anyway, as you retire from teaching professionally, what do you see for the, the future of the field as we go forward? Well, that was a really we, long question, I realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, gosh, and there could be a really long answer. Or uh, <laughs> We're in uncertain times right now, going back to sort of what launched the Justice for All series. And, and those uncertain times have uh, become progressively more uncertain. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, there's, there's an article I worked with Lucian on. It's going to come out in the July-August issue of Legacy. And that's the issue on interpreting hope. So I guess my short answer to this is I'll direct listeners uh, to that particular article about interpreting hope, because it really sums up, and I, and I utilize Tilden's fifth principle, which is um, that, that interpretation is a whole. And so I begin the article, uh, the, the subheading is uh, the situation is bleak. And it is. I mean, if you pay attention to the news, uh, it, it, this this past week, um, probably the hottest uh, ever recorded, um, with temperatures being recorded on planet Earth, uh, the the heat dome over the Southwest right now, the wildfires in Canada, and that's just climate change. We, we've got other problems as well, both international and domestic. And so I think that interpreters 
can and should be on the forefront, and, and this is the, the conclusion of that article about hope, uh, in, in uh, helping to direct us toward solutions. So Larry, I mean, what's next? You said that, you know, I'm, I know that Vicky is like, all right, come on, <laughs> let's get, let's get you really retired, but that's, that's not you. You can't sit still. Um, what, yeah. What are you going to be doing next? Well, it, it starts with Costa Rica. That was just almost immediately after that retirement party. And incidentally, that retirement party, it was so great that Paul was able to come out and he came out just for the day, which is remarkable. And when my mother heard that, that someone had come out from Colorado to attend my retirement party in San Diego, she burst into tears. So uh, I will uh, say my claim to fame now is I have made Larry Beck's mother cry. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that was great. And yeah, uh, and I think it's well known among my colleagues that I love beer. So yeah, Stone Green Company was the perfect venue for that. And and then the thing is too that yeah, those planes are flying over, and everyone was given whatever the ridiculous short amount of time. Uh, to, to speak, and every single person went over there a lot of time. Larry, it, it was it was a retirement party for an interpreter. I think we just had different interpretations of what three and a half minutes meant. <laughs> that, that, that's right. And, and none of those interpretations uh, concluded with anything less than five. So, yeah, it, it went on for a while. And, and, then, and then when I had my chance, I went on for a while as well. But as to the future, so Costa Rica happened right after that. And then there have been back-to-back-to-back trips. Uh, Vicky and I went to Santa Fe to visit good friends, uh, Dan and Kathy Dustin. Dan is someone else who I've written fairly extensively with, not as much as Ted Cable, but I've written a bunch with, with Dan as well. And then we went to the Eastern Sierra, the uh, John Muir's Range of Light, uh, and a beautiful mountain range here in California. And uh, we spent some time in the Eastern Sierra. We love to go there probably two or three times a year. It's about six hours north of here. Um, so uh, there will be more travel. We're, we're going to the Azores in, in October, uh, which we're really looking forward to. It's a hiking adventure. And there will be more travel as well. We want to go to Bhutan and Tibet and Nepal. And there will be some other uh, trips but yeah, Song, I think you're probably right. I, I'm going to have trouble sitting still. And uh, I, I have benefited greatly from going to some of these interpretive sites that uh, ultimately wind up in the Justice for All series that, that I've been writing. So, so there will be more of that. And then I am, I'm kind of enjoying just having some time to, to read more. I, I love to read, uh, love to hike. Uh, love to entertain. Vicki and I had a former student over. Paul, you might remember Carol and Amanda um, from uh, the, the fundraising we did for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, uh, Carol and her boyfriend were over last night. So we'll do more entertaining and having more fun, but, but not giving up on the profession entirely either by any means. Larry, I think just by mentioning your travel there, you got yourself on the 2025 International Conference Committee. So uh, expect an email from Song here momentarily. <laughs> All right, so Larry, we, we want to be respectful of your time here, and you know, like you say, we've got to we're trying to keep this to a certain amount of time every week, and that's not easy with interpreters. Uh, 
So uh, song and me included, by the way, that's, yes. you know, we're, we're, we're part of that, uh, that equation. So uh, I, I do want to know though, and I think the interpretation world would like to know who would win an arm wrestling contest, you or Ted Cable? Oh, boy, I, I'll bet it would be a draw. Ted and I are similar in, in so many ways. And Ted's birthday is about a month or so after mine. I mean, mm. we are almost exactly the same age. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm about a month older. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I well, don't know I think... who would win a beer drinking contest between me and Ted. <laughs> What I can tell you is that Ted would win if if it was a bird counting contest. Oh, okay. Because okay. Ted is amazing. Uh, I mean, he's a, among the top bird watchers, I think, in the world. And so uh, I, I just read a book by Christian Cooper, and I would recommend it very, very highly to you. He's the one in Central Park who um, asked a woman to please put her dog on a leash. And, and then that video went viral. Uh, now, that's a bird Absolutely. watcher, too. Yeah. So, and I could go on and on and on with your last question. <laughs> well, so you mentioned you mentioned Ted and you mentioned the a book. And so I, I guess I will ask you my actual last question, which is, do you have any any writing plans? Do you have any more books coming in, in retirement? Yeah, Ted and I may be working on something that expands the notion of the um, interpretive principles being a gift. And uh, and I may do something in terms of putting together all of those essays in the Justice for All uh, series uh, that's been running over the last five years and combine those into uh, something that um, would all be in one place. But before we leave, I actually, that reminded me of something about uh, the gifts and you know kind of following that up with a book with Ted. But here's your question, pop quiz. This is what professors do. The Gifts of Interpretation, it's about okay. 15 guiding principles, 15 guiding principles for interpreting nature and culture. And each of those are associated with a gift, right? Uh-huh. How many gifts are there? One. 15. There are 16. There are 16 uh -oh. gifts. There are Just 16 add our answers. Gifts. We're right, Paul. Right, Song and I got it together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So between the two of you, you were correct, and 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 I've always I've always thought you guys were a brilliant team, and you've just proved it. No, I mean, I, I was, was told there would be no math, though. That that was magnificent. But, but now, so if you want to win a bar bet here, you know, you can use that question. And there are fifteen principles that are associated with gifts, and then there is a bonus, and the bonus is the gift of hope. And the gift of hope um, is something, again, this, this essay um, that's coming up in Legacy, the current issue coming out in July, August, uh, addresses that, the gift of hope. So there are 15 yeah. plus hope. What a, what a great note to end on. Well, Larry, oh my gosh, it was so good to, well, I can see you because we're on Zoom, but podcasters can only hear you, but uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. And uh uh, Paul, any final questions? Are we good? I think we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. This, let's see how good we've gotten at this. This is episode four of the podcast where we haven't, we haven't nailed this yet, but I have a feeling that with Larry, we're going to get this one. Okay. Are we ready? We wrap it up? Let's do let's it. Let's do it. Hey, hey interpreters. interpreters. That's, that's what's, what's up. up. No, we're still not there, but that, that's, that's maybe our best one yet, but we're still not there. <laughs> you, you want to try one more time? No, I think, I think, yeah. uh, I think for the, for authenticity's sake, we got to leave it as is. Larry, right. thank you so much. This has been such a blast. Bye. Great seeing you guys. 